So we have a lot to cover in a short period of time. Uh, we just wanted to do uh, a brief, what they would say in the Catholic Church, a homily. <laughs> just, just lift up something really quickly that we too, again, would be grounded and have purpose in what we're doing and to make sure we understand, especially as a church, why we do what we do and why this is such an important piece in terms of letting folks see the Jesus in us. There's a particular portion of scripture that I probably don't have to read, but I will read several of the verses that we might be able to highlight what it is that I'd like to lift up in those verses. And one of the things that I'm sure of as I do this today is that it's a passage of scripture that you've heard over and over and over again. And hopefully today as we prepare to share in this and then uh, as a collective group of witnesses, then go to the souls take our souls to the polls to vote, I think it's more than applicable that not even just for that event, but for what yet's to come, because the election is not until the 16th, and we are missing some folk and opportunities that we might allow them to see the Jesus in us that they don't necessarily get to see, because sometimes they don't come through the door, but we have the opportunity to reach them. The I'd like us to take a look at the 17th chapter of 1 Samuels. 17th chapter of 1 Samuels. And I certainly want to give you time to, to find that. It's the familiar scripture about David and Goliath. If you're living and <laughs> paying attention to what's going on, some folk would have us to believe that we're the David and somebody else is Goliath. And maybe after we try and lift up this text and uh, have a few thoughts around that, we will be able to look at this in a way that I think will give all of us purpose as we do this together. That's a lengthy chapter, so I'm going to highlight a few verses, and I'm going to actually start at verse 32, and I'll give a synopsis of the text and, and, and then give you what I think is what is going to be key and important for us as we go forward. Uh, the way our Bible study will go today, we won't be very long in our presentation. Um, and then we will, for those who are staying to go to the polls with us, we're going to ask you to stay so we can make sure you get fed and get a shirt to go to the polls. Now, I know how folk feel about T-shirts. T-shirts today are for folk who are going to the poll with us. Can I say that? So, so you can be prayerful and ask God to make sure that you follow, follow those rules. All right. Beginning at verse 32, the 17th chapter. It says, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight for him. Saul replied. You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I sieged it by its hair and struck it, and I killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, 
because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. I'm going to move down to verse 45. It says, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with the sword and the spear and the javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give you the carcasses of the Philistines' army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that the, there is a God in Israel. Let me read that again. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. And the Philistines moved closer to attack him. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him, reaching into his bag. And taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. Just for a few minutes, I want to lift up a thought or give us something to um, think about as we all make whatever sacrifices we make in, uh, today and beyond to make sure that we do our reasonable service as men and women of God to do what God has kept us to be able to do in terms of our civic responsibility. So just for a thought, I'd like us to think about rocks laying around. Rocks just laying around. Rocks just laying around is really about opportunities that we're missing. This is a biblical account of David and, and Goliath. And it's a popular story in Scripture, and it's really a lesson for all of us as we think about our courage and as we think about our faith, how strong is our faith, as we think about overcoming what seems to be impossible situations. And we wake up this morning to know that there seemed to have been one in Kentucky. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, what happened in Kentucky, this is where Pence and Trump went to try and sway the election. But God showed up. David was the youngest of Jesse's 12 sons. One day the, the nation of Israel was called to fight. So what they did was they had two sides. One was on one side of the mountain and one was on the other. 
And while David's brothers went to the fight, he had to stay home with his dad. But what his dad does is try to pay attention to his sons and make some provision for him. And he said, look, boy, you're the only one left here. What I need you to do is go see about your brothers. I need you to take some food and some bread to them and check on them and see what's going on. And he does that. But when he gets there, there's a Goliath in the way. Somebody that was about nine feet tall just looked like he was insurmountable, and he'd come out all the time, and he, he knew he was bigger than anybody else, and he knew he had them afraid enough because he was brunt and brute, and he would say all kinds of things to them, and he'd throw things in their face, and he said, if you got anybody, put them up. Anybody you put up, I'm going to do something with. So Goliath called them to fight, but King Saul and the Israelites were scared, and they actually did nothing. That's the way it seemed at first. Then David was sent by his dad. And once he got there, he heard all of this mocking that was going on from Goliath. And it kind of bothered him. And nobody thought that he could do anything about it. You know, he was kind of in the minority. I hope you can get the symbolism there. They didn't expect very much from him, right? There was no expectation because he really had a record of not being able to get in a real battle or to make a difference or to change anything. So they, they begin, even his brothers and even the king begin to think about the fact that maybe this is not the one. You must be out of your mind if you think you can go up against Goliath. What's wrong with you, a giant? All of these brave soldiers here are afraid to go up against him. Why? Why? This is really about how the Lord intercedes for his people, how he steps in. Now, let me be perfectly honest with you. There are those who I think, honestly, on the other side of some things, and, you know, uh, the way they think and their experience in life and the privileges that they have, they just assume some things. You know, they look at some folk as less. And some of us act as though we are less because we have not yet accepted the power that God has given us even as a minority. This text right here lifts up for us as we talk about David who had been counted out, who nobody even thought. The man had 12 sons. Right? So why? And that, that's what's happening even in this community. There are a certain set of folk that I don't care how successful you are, how much education you have, how much money you have in the bank, folks still think that you're part of less. They look at you that way. But we have an opportunity if we step up and we step together, and that's the big piece about stepping together. Saul comes up and he says, well, if you crazy enough to go, let me help you. And what does he do? He, he brings out all of this armor. He says, I, I, I want to help you now. If you're crazy enough to go out there, I want to give you some tools to go with. And he puts all of this stuff on him. You all know the story. You've heard it over and over again. But the stuff just weighs him down. Is that not right? It weighs him down, and he can't even walk with it on him. And he says, oh, no, you got to get this off me. You got to get this helmet and all this heavy stuff off me because I can't fight like this. I'm not familiar with it. This is not the kind of stuff I used when I came up against the bears and the lions and all of these other. This is not what I used. 
Y'all got to let me calm down. You know, I get carried away. I know it's Wednesday and I'm trying to teach Bible study, but I get excited about this stuff when I see how God intervenes on our behalf. If, in fact, we have faith enough to believe that we can. Now, there's some of us, and I, I hear the conversation all the time. They listen at the pundits. But if you pray, you ought to be listening at what God has to say. God, how are you going to work this out? And in the meantime, while you're working it out, I'm going to do all that I can to make a difference in this situation. So the essence of this is even when he put on all of that stuff and couldn't walk, he finally figured out, he said, I got to take this off. I've got to use what's familiar to me. I've got to use what I used when I got in trouble before. What does that say to us as believers? Have you ever been in a dark place and didn't know how you were going to get out? Have you ever been in a desperate place and didn't know how it was going to work out? Has your back ever been against the wall? There's all kinds of things. If I begin to talk about finances and health and children and jobs and husbands and wives and all of these things, somebody's having a flashback right now. Stay out of my house. Stay out of my house. But the essence of that particular portion of that scripture, and for some who hadn't been there yet, hold on to it because it will happen in your life. But what David was saying is, I know what has brought me this far, and I want to be able to use that. And that's my faith, not in myself. Now, you also understand that this is an Old Testament, and we're a New Testament church, so we know what happened on the other side of the cross, right? And we know, I would hope that at some point, and I say this to church folk all the time, we don't use the power that God has given us. We don't use the authority that God has given us. We give that to other folk. But when the church shows up, something ought to happen. And then I want to encourage you to retrospectively look at what God has done when you were in situations before. And if truth be told, I don't even know how I got through it. All I know, I woke up and I was on the other side. Right? That's a good place to be. But David, filled with faith and passion for God's name, which was being blasphemed by Goliath, slew Goliath with a stone and a sling. And he did this by just reaching at something that was right there that most folk didn't pay a whole lot of attention to, didn't look at it as a weapon, some rocks that was just laying around, some missing pieces that if it, by faith you decide to use this for the Lord, it will make a world of difference. Finally, the story of David and Goliath is one of the things that we can learn is that God, the God we serve is capable of defeating any of the giants in our lives. Now, most of us in our mind, thinking about what's going on on the national level, that's even trying to take over the states, you know, and make it a national issue, and it's not. So you can look at that as a giant, but there are other giants. And everybody in here, I, I don't want to assume that that's your focus. I would hope that you're paying attention to it, but there are some other giants in our life that I want to leave with you that we need to think about and know that just what he did for David, he's able to do for you wherever you sit. One would be fear. 
I know church folk like to act like they're not afraid of anything. Yeah. There's some fear in you. Somebody says, what's the scripture say? God has not given us the spirit of fear. Well, you know, we're not superhuman. We have both some supernatural feelings, and then we also have some natural things that just kind of show up. And every now and then I have to fight off the natural and get in that supernatural space. And then some kind of way, Lois, I figure out I'm going to make it. I don't necessarily know how, but I do know who. Depression. Some of us get depressed about particular situations in our life. Financial issues. Somebody say, well, what about money cometh? I said financial issues. Well, my father is rich in houses and land. He holds the wealth of the world in his hand. Then that doubt of faith that comes, is God really going to do it this time? Now, David could have had that kind of thinking, but he didn't. He said, the same God, the same God that helped me with the lion and the bears, who snatched me and kept them from eating me up, that same God, he's able to do this again. And that's the faith that we have to have if we're trusting God. I'm trusting God for whatever happens in this election. I want God to put in who God wants to put in, but I want to have done all that I can do that meets the needs not just of Jennifer Jones or just the people of Shiloh, but people all over who will be hurt by what goes on if we don't walk by faith and not by sight. You see, if we know him and his nature well enough to step out in faith, like a friend of mine often says, won't he do it? Won't he do it? So let me just help us think about a couple of things. One is that we have to use what God has given us. And he did. He knew that the rocks were there. Probably a whole lot of folk had not paid any attention to them. They were just there laying around. So what has God given us that we have left untouched or unutilized? I'll share an example with you. uh, Most of you all know that uh, my mother lives with me. We caregive, and all of my sisters and brothers uh, assist with that. But the little nieces who uh, all fight over whether or not she's her favorite, uh, they decided that uh, since Granny's having a hard time getting out, we'll do potluck and, and we'll come to the house. Well, they did so, and uh, they brought some, brought some friends or whatever, and we began to have a conversation about voting. And before the time was over, there were at least four. One, we had to register the vote. The other, we had to pull up and let them know where they would vote. And part of their conversation was, well, we didn't know what to vote for. You know, all of the work that we think we've done, Everybody in here has missed somebody that you could touch. Now, I'm saying that about my family. These are folk that I'm close to and see all the time. They come in to see their granny, and they come in for other reasons or whatever. That's possible there are some things out there that God has put right in front of you, some people that God has put right in front of you who's missing an opportunity. Uh, Many of you have heard me tell this story as I was sitting talking with a group of folk, and they said that Similac was $196 a case. And I guess it struck me, so I've got a great grandbaby, <laughs> and uh, that case don't last up a month. <laughs> so my hope is, and when I thought about that, I thought about maybe I might be able to help for a little while, but I couldn't for a little while, right? 
So those are the kind of things. I want you to think about what do you have? Who do you know? Where are some of the students that you've taught? Who's in your family that maybe might not be as close, but also may not have the understanding of what it's going to take or why it's so important that we go? This is such an opportunity for the church. Just as Saul did, everything he did, he made reference to why he was doing it. They were blaspheming God. They were lying about God. They were making fun of who he was. They were trying to give somebody else all power when God is the only one with all power. So part of what we're doing, or we all should be doing, is using this as an opportunity because he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. When you step out, you're not stepping out to represent any organization. Matter of fact, when we go today, we're not just representing the name Shiloh. We're representing the God that we serve. David remembered what God had done for him in the past and how God had delivered him. So when you get tired and you say, I've had enough, I've, I've casted my vote already, I, I'm, I've talked to me and mine, I want you to know it's going to take a little bit more than me and mine. Let me say that again. It's going to take a little bit more than me and mine. And even the example of Kentucky last night uh, is a, a true example of that. But let me tell you how that worked in Baton Rouge. Already, when they, Trump came in and Pence came in, they tell me there was about 70,000 folk who had not voted before in Louisiana came out of the woodworks, came out of these little bitty towns that had to go almost to another town to cast a vote and even to register to vote. So what that's simply saying for us is that they're running behind a man, right? So if that is happening for the little bit that we've done, and we've done well, if, you, if you've heard and read the news, we're showing up a little bit better, but it's not enough. Let me impress that upon you. It's not enough. I've said to some folk before, it's time to use the strategy of the Underground Railroad. We know where to find our folk. We know where to go back and get them from, where maybe we got out of, but every now and then, especially this time of year, we kind of go back because we like to remember then where we came from and other times forget that we ever came that way. Nobody has to say amen. I know I'm telling the truth. The essence of this also is to let you know, and certainly to remind the people that you remind them of, remind them and try and encourage them what this fight is about for all of us, is that God will be with you, and God will be the one that will deliver you. But I heard the governor's wife say the other day that we have to put our feet on the ground, but we also have to move our feet, right? So it's not just about putting your feet on the ground. You can stand up and put your feet on the ground, but if you don't move, you don't go anywhere. Is that not right? The other thing is about these rocks, and I want to keep lifting up these rocks because it was Jesse Jackson that... Uh, paid a lot of attention to this, and, and he had an article some time ago, and it had a lot to do with uh, the 1980 President Reagan, where he won Massachusetts, and he won by only 
2,500 votes. And he was trying to use that analogy, especially for African-American folk who were sitting around making uh, excuses for or, or being angry that it did not happen. And he said, we don't need to waste time looking at what other folk didn't do or what they did. We need to look at what we didn't do. We cannot win the battle naturally. Rather, we must supernaturally win this one. And it really has to be, in, it really has to be about our engagement, our civic engagement, our civic witness, and helping people understand the narrative around that. So the question is not, what are our rocks? The question is, who are our rocks? Let me say that again. It's not, what are our rocks? Somebody said, well, what brook you want me to go to to pick the rocks out of? No, I want you to think about who are the rocks. And I just gave you one example about what that could possibly look like. Some rocks just laying around who will get left out if, in fact, we don't help them understand what it is that they need to do. Now, whose problem or whose fault was it that the four that we end up didn't even know one hadn't even registered to vote? Didn't even know the other three, because you know what they did when their grandmother called them and said, did you vote? They said yes, and they had not. So there has to be some follow-up. But if we spent enough time, we'd find out the next question should have been, who did you vote for? And, and where did you vote? You could go a little bit deeper. And part of that says to us that it was part of our responsibility to ask those other questions. The other is, some may not have transportation. There may be some things in the way, and we can stop that. Who are the rocks that's just been laying around unseen and unheard? Who are the rocks that have been locked away in cages and ripped from their families, who now, because of other folk fighting, have the right? In the state of Louisiana, they have the right to vote, but they're just rocks laying around, and nobody's paying attention. Matter of fact, the fact that they were once incarcerated, maybe, You've given up because you still have that old mindset to think that if they've ever been, they gave up their right. They have that right back. Who are the rocks that have served their time and, and they paid their debt for the crime that they, but yet they're still denied? Who are the rocks sitting in our congregations refusing to revoke their conscience? You know, there's some church folk even tell me, now, I don't do politics. Oh, y'all ain't like that. <laughs> yeah, they say they don't do politics. I say, you pay taxes? Who takes care of your civic business? So finally, ponder with me, and then I want you to give me some feedback as I share these with you, if there's some other things, if we're talking about some rocks just laying around. So who, where, who's the rocks that's just laying around? Your neighbors? Folk in your neighborhood, rocks just laying around. You think everybody on your block votes? Rocks just laying around. Family members, all those folk that you get excited about having a class reunion with, huh? You've got a list, you all communicated, you all had some activities together. You now know where they are, you probably have them on for those who do Facebook or whatever the books is they do now, I don't keep up with all of that. Bowling leagues, social clubs. I, I had a group I was working with training uh, with the collective of churches we were working with here. And we had two or three pages of activities or organizations or groups that they were a part of 
that was fabric that they could actually reach into and pull out. Social clubs. My mama was a part of the Loving Twelve. Well, most of them, I think she's prop. No, there are two still living that I'm aware of. But even with she and one other lady still being alive, when those other ladies died, their children and grandchildren then immediately took on my mom and the other lady. So that's rocks laying around. She still is contact, because these kids still contact her all the time. And she's part of her, they're part of her list about did you go vote, right? I want you to think about that. How many of you spend time at the doctor's office? When I go to Austin's, we could actually have a church service. There's preachers, deacons, choir members, ushers. Huh? And all you share about is the medicine of the doctors or what you didn't like you, 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 in this time. I'm just trying to talk about the, the rocks that's just laying around. The grocery store. And we could start naming some grocery stores. And you run into folk there all the time, right? Change your conversation and pick up that rock. Barbershop, beauty shop, gyms. Is there anything I missed? Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, oh God, for all that you have done. And God, we thank you, dear God, that we are leaning and depending on you, dear God. We are determined, dear God, to use what you have given each and every one of us. And God, that we would encourage others to exercise those gifts that you, had, you have given them. God, let us be courageous, dear God, as we go forth, Lord. Let us not just kick rocks around. God, help us not to just look at people and feel that we don't need to say anything to them, God. Help us, oh God, to speak in spite of what we think, dear God. Help us to move by your spirit, Heavenly Father. God, you have given us a great work to do, God. Let us not be ashamed of the power that you have placed within us, oh God. Lord, we just pray that we don't miss any opportunity, even if a person has already voted. God, help us to reach out and hear, oh God, give them an opportunity to express that they have done it, dear God. Help us to work the work that you have placed in us, oh God. We thank you for Reverend Bridget Jones, God. We thank you, God, that you have placed her in the position of being a minister of social justice. Thank you for her leadership, oh God, for her encouragement, oh God. Thank you, God, that you helps her to you help her to keep on in spite of the things that she's going through. And God, help us, oh God, to realize that you're with us no matter what. And God, you will speak on election day. God, in your own way, oh God. But Lord, we thank you that we're not going to be slight in what you have given us to do. God, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor, God, and help us to just walk and fight the good fight of faith. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.